Forgotten Cinema is getting romantic for our eighth season and just in time for Valentine's Day as we cover the 90s ensemble drama, Beautiful Girls. We'll then do a complete 180 as we dive into some spy films, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and Spy Game. We'll find out why white men can't jump and whether you should shoot to kill while enjoying a Frankenweenie. Nope, that doesn't make any sense. You know what else doesn't make sense? This season will also feature our 100th episode of Forgotten Cinema. Feels like 100 years. Don't I know it. Forgotten Cinema. Never stop, never stopping. Yes, that's a hint. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Cracking One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' When Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Before we get started today, we'd like to tell you that this episode of Bohemian Geek Studies is brought to you by Omeo. Omeo is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America North America effortless. Just enter your travel details and Omeo will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. It's never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. Best of all, using Omeo saves you time and money. That's a win-win for us. Omeo wants to help you leave your house this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to omeo.com and use the code OMEO5 at checkout. Valid until July 31st for all new users on all modes of transport just to pick me up your 2021 needs omeo plan book and love the journey terms and conditions apply i thought you were gonna say north chimerica there i'm like ooh, the chimera what <laughs> <laughs> are you thinking about the uh, thrawn casting rumor that went around today <laughs> I was thinking mm-hmm. of, I did see that actually. You know, could I, be very I did not I, see that. Yeah, the there's more buzz for Lars Mikkelsen being cast. Oh, that would be so cool. It would be cool. I think he's a little too old for the role, but I love Depending, his I mean, this does take place later. I, I agree true. with you. And then I mean, keeping with our great theme of Space Aladdin, they're still pushing for yes, Mina Musa. I'm, I'm all for that. All I'm all for that. Although part of me wants it to be the um the guy who played Aladdin actually on Once Upon a Time. I for, oh, his name is escaping me too. right now, but they bu- yeah. Just so long as they keep it ethnic, like come on, make it somebody Middle Eastern, please. Yeah, like make it culturally appropriate for who Ezra is supposed to be. Exactly. That's all we ask for. All right, let's dive in, everyone. Hello there. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome, Nerdy Knights of the Well-Rounded Table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master and Rebel Scum Collaborator and Thrawn Enthusiast. (laughs) I'm Republic Captain Daniel O'Brien. And I am Pirate Jedi Anders Drew. But no matter what rank you carry, one thing will always remain constant. Much to learn we still have. Indeed. Today, we're very excited to give our initial reactions and theories for the newest episode of The Bad Batch. There will be spoilers for this episode, as well as rampant theorizing about the future of The Bad Batch. Not many so of those there, left. I know. I'm like, oh, we only have three left, guys. What are we going to do? <laughs> but if you would like to avoid the spoilers, please tune into our Rebels coverage to see what the ghost crew is up to instead. But if you have seen the episodes, grab your drink from the mess. And join us in some extermination as we discuss The Bad Batch episode 13, Infested. 
<laughs> let's punch it into our episode recap, Anders. All right, let's get right into it. So the Bad Batch is coming back after a mission. A little time has passed since the end of Rescue on Ryloth, and they're just not that happy with Sid. They're about to like give her a talking to because she did not warn them of the full details of the danger that this mission was going to bring them in, namely a particularly nasty bunch of Gundarks. So they get back to Sid's bar, only to find that it's actually been taken over by Roland Durand, one of Sid's criminal employees. He's decided that he's going to make a play with a shipment of spice he got his hands on, and he wants to use it to get in with the Pike Syndicate. So Sid tells the Bad Batch that the only way to get out of this mess is to steal the spice so that the Pikes won't do business with Roland. They use a set of secret tunnels and carts under the city to get in and snag the crates. However, Roland discovers the plan and he sends his men down after them. Sid had warned her team not to make too much noise, like don't talk at all. So he's not the hand to wake cranks the and everything. Hive. Yep. Yeah. He couldn't even use generators because those were too loud. The engines on the on the carts. So Roland's men had no such warning. So they're idiots. They turn on the carts and just go right out there. Swarm of enormous insects come out of the hive. And it's just ugh. If anyone's played Gears of War, you'll remember they look like the krill, these nasty little uh, flying things that'll just attack everyone. So most of Roland's men are all taken out. Sid and the Bad Batch, they make it out, except they lose the spice in the process. They return to the pub, and Sid is pleased to see that Roland's remaining thugs have all been taken out by the Pikes. The Pikes, however, are still there, and they tell Sid to recover their spice if they want to consider the matter closed. And Omega is forced to stay with them while the crew goes to remove to recover the crates. You know, I gotta respect the Pikes in this situation. They're like, "Look, if you give us the spice back, we will leave. Like, well, we we don't want to cause any more trouble than we have to. Right? If you we're still gonna property, hold the child as hostage. Yeah. Right. Obviously. But if we Very get the cool. spice, if we get the spice back, then hey, no harm, no foul. Yep. This is some big, like, Martez sisters spice <laughs> shenanigans from Clone Wars Season 7 going on here. So the Bad Batch carefully attempt to recover the spice, but the setting sun and some untimely noise yet again wakes the hive. Ah, not a fan. I'm just not a fan. Sid and a terrified wrecker are pulled out along with the last of the crates <laughs> after Tech uses that really sweet light bomb. Like, yes. Yep. Yes. Tech. We love you. They return the spice to the pikes who release Omega and cut off one of Roland's horns as payment for his mismanagement of their shipment. I'm thinking the only reason he's not dead is because of his mommy. Probably. Yeah. Like, the pikes don't want to piss off his mom too much. And who knows, Omega <laughs> probably charmed them some when she, when she was being held hostage. That's fair. And she, she was willing to fight for him. She so <laughs> taught them lessons on empathy. <laughs> right? I love her so much. Omega attempts to get them to spare him. So cute. As he deserves a chance to redeem himself. Hmm girl. Hunter is impressed by Omega's determination to see the best in people. I'm sure that won't backfire on us ever. No, it hasn't already, has it? Oh, everything's fine. Everything's happy in Star Wars. <laughs> okay, so moving into the episode proper, we're going to talk about our reactions and favorite moments from the episode. I really enjoyed it, though I wish we had gone to Crosshair right away. This was like a, a nice fun romp in between, but I wish it had been earlier in the season maybe because now that we're heading towards end game i really want to see crosshair mm -hmm. like i think they might be setting up the durand family to be like maybe future ally or enemy or both like this is could be a hut situation with like you can't trust the durands or you can't trust visago who i thought 
when I saw the opening card for the, the episode, I was like, holy shit, is that a young Visago? Like, are we, I had the same reaction. Are they really going to give us that? Like, all right, I will totally take it. Uh, the bugs reminded me of the creatures from Pitch Black, the Vin Diesel movie. And I know mm, hard, yeah. hard yeah. ass on the weird flying spider bug things. No. Mm-mm. no How about you, yeah. Danielle? What did you think? So uh, I like it. It was a fine episode. Like it, the action was fun. It was it was a good romp, but this really felt like a first season or not first season, first half of the season adventure. I was gonna say this um, is a first season episode, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, it's very much a first season episode. No, it just felt like that belonged more in like the first half of the season. We just came off, you know, very I understand probably they're giving us a, a cool down episode before everything ramps up for the last three, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It just kind of felt like this was uh kind of a repeat because it felt like we already learned the lesson of like help others that yeah. got reinforced again in this episode. Like felt like we just learned that last week. So why are we rehashing it again? Mm-hmm. Um, but Colleen, I'm glad you mentioned that Omega is seeing the best in people, not just saying we need to help them, but she's looking for the good in them. Yeah. Um, Cause that's something I had not considered until you brought that up. So that, that is good to uh, think about. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm just, um, it, I'm not, I'm not underwhelmed. I'm whelmed. Can you yeah. just Stay be whelmed? whelmed? Can you ever just be whelmed? <laughs> All right, so yeah, I agree with you guys. This episode was fun, absolutely. I had a good time with it. On the whole, I just don't think it was that memorable. Right. Like, it was a good episode. Action was good. It just felt a little fillery to me, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Kind of once you get beyond the, like, 10 to 12 episode count, you're allowed to do episodes like this, where you're allowed to just kind of sit and breathe and be in the world. Like, Sid is a character that's been pretty much ever-present, and we don't, we still, even after this, don't know that much about her. But to get this kind of inside look into her her other business dealings was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And it is good, especially in a show that, like I said, has, like, we're getting 16 episodes, and we had a very major arc, um in the last couple of weeks and presumably we're heading into a very, very heavy arc with the last three. It's nice to kind of just sit and settle for, for a minute. Reset the dials. A, a little bit of reset, yeah. especially since we're not, um, we're not binging this. We're getting yeah, it yeah. week to week. Mm-hmm. Let it's us kind of speculate. Yeah. Exactly. Palette and cleanser. Yeah. It's a good, it's a nice little palette cleanser, mm-hmm. which was, which was a good thing. Um, but Yeah still plenty of good things about it yes i agree moving speaking of our things we like about it let's move into our favorite moments anything to do with the lizard dog (laughs) (laughs) no notes for ruby i love ruby give ruby her own show i do like that sid took responsibility for make omega being held hostage like she's like nah this is pretty much my fault Mm -hmm. gangsters don't usually do that it's really like oh all right you're kind of learning as you go she didn't have to do that. And it makes her a little bit more endearing because she has been, like Andrew said, a little more one note kind of character. And she's been here the whole time. Like, could use a little more growth. Although I guess she has yeah. pretty good friends because those two bar guys just won't leave. <laughs> but yeah, those aren't just customers. Yo, there is like, there is like no stronger bond than bar regular and bartender. 
That is mm-hmm. so true. So so very true. <laughs> she is she is their employer. She is her, their shrink. She mm-hmm. is everything. That's so true. Yeah. so true. I like that dynamic. Like I like to see more of that kind of like side character that sticks around situation instead of them yeah. only being like a joke in one episode. They're there the whole time. <laughs> like yes, I love this so much. I do want to know what Sid is up to though, because some of her missions seem very humanitarian esque. And I'm sure they're still profitable for her, but potentially getting herself connected with like Bell Organa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she could definitely be kind of that middle person, of the Bendu, if you will. <laughs> She's going to be the middle of the the kind of rotten people and between the good people. I can see that happening. I'd like to see yeah. more of that. It, it's nice seeing dimensions to see. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. which yeah. is what we wanted. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so for my moments, I, I really enjoyed that rail cart chase. I thought that was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very tense. Uh, I just, I, they put a really, like, it was a really good atmosphere is what I was looking to say. Um, Roland was voiced by Tom Taylorson. So he is uh, the voice actor for a character in Mass Effect as uh yet another star wars podcast listeners know <laughs> one of my favorites mm-hmm. uh so that was really nice i was glad to see him involved in star wars he was also a voice in one episode of resistance uh nice. so that was ah. pretty cool yeah um someone named agent uh nath Nath. nice um, okay i'm not sure how to pronounce it i, I only saw it in writing. Much. probably yeah um, he's probably a first order person <laughs> yeah just like a one-off character um i also thought tex uh light bomb was wild that was such a cool sequence. Uh, they're pulling them up and everyone's freaking out. And Tech's like, all right, I got it. And just yeah, chucks like, it down there. Very matter of fact. No, this will work. Yep, this is, I've got it. Um, they're not dead. <laughs> so, Anders, you've got some some references as to what the hive looks like that are very spot on. So mm-hmm. I'll be happy for you to say them in a second. But yeah. again, going back to this felt very much like Gears of War, like I mentioned earlier. There's a sequence in that game where they set off a thing called a light mass bomb, which is a huge light-based explosion happens, and it eviscerates all the little creatures like that. So I was like, oh, I think one of these guys played this. <laughs> Very much could be. So yeah, speaking, talking about the Hive, I was so excited today when Daniel texted uh, us and said, yo, I'm getting like really Minds of Moria Fellowship of the Ring vibes out of this Hive thing. And I'm like, I already put that in the notes. I thought that yes. too. <laughs> Record was the fool of a took. Yes, drums in the deep. <laughs> Cannot yeah. get out. Like... The in the deep. And then you combine that with the kind of temple of doomness of the carts yes. and yes. the, the high-speed chase there. That was really, really cool. Text light bomb. To me, that almost felt like something I would see in like a modern like vampire hunter movie, like mm-hmm. a weapon that they might have in uh, Underworld or yes. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I think was Flo really might cool. dig that. She likes a she likes a bomb, so we get her the That's sonic true. charges for the sound, and we get her the, <laughs> the giant light bomb. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, and I I did like Omega like standing up to say, no, this is right. This is what we should do. Mm-hmm. Like he deserves another chance. I absolutely thought that that was going to be Visago when they walked into the office. <laughs> See, I was just like. Are they doing it again? Like, all right, I'm here for it. More crossover. Say, I'm glad it wasn't. I'm glad. It I'm glad wasn't it wasn't too. So yeah. it wasn't like the whole small universe thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, yeah, they're not close enough to Lothal for it to be him. Yeah. No. 
but yeah overall solid episode nice like small moments between him and omega in the bar mm-hmm. um and yeah just the fact that it was the the bar patrons <laughs> the ones who helped by luring ruby out it reminded me i mean of like i mean that's where you get with like norm or for star trek ds9 heads mourn yes yeah, he would totally he would totally help I misheard you, and I thought you said Norm, and I thought of Norm from Cheers. Well, I so, said Norm first. Yeah, Norm first. Okay, okay. Morn Norm is first, based and then, on Norm. Yeah, Morn in DS9 is named. Perfect. It's just the exact inverse of Norm. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. The one thing I was, it's kinda, was funky about this episode, though, because this was focused on Sid, mm. it feels like in the last in the last three episodes, we've actually gotten very little time with the Bad Batch itself. They were basically not there at all during the part one of the Ryloth arc. Mm-hmm. They were they were they were in there for the main part of the middle one, but that was still really focused on like Hera and Omega. Mm-hmm. And this one was really focused in on Sid. Yeah, I I see what you're saying. I didn't so much feel like the bad batch was sidelined this episode as i felt like omega really felt sidelined this episode she really didn't have much to do until the end of the episode well, i think i mean of everybody like uh tech had like one line echo yeah. had like echo one, had, echo yeah, didn't echo have had, a line yeah now. you're right like, wrecker basically just had his like Scream. screeches which was like hunter's the only one of them who even like really spoke this episode mm-hmm. it's really Some hard when you have a bigger ensemble then. yeah yeah like don't let what happened to Zeb in season four of Rebels happen <laughs> to the Bad Batch on their own show. Oh, it's like one of my only very few complaints about Rebels is that Zeb kind of yeah. like, lost traction in season four. But that's mm. that's not. We'll here. Talk about that on our other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are going to head into our Easter eggs, connections, and callbacks now. We have a couple for today. I really actually liked the character of Roland Duran. I'm kind of excited to see if we go back to him because mm-hmm. he owes Omega now a little bit. <laughs> he seems like the type that would absolutely show up in a season two. Yes. I yeah. think him and his mom could definitely show up. This Deveronian criminal was first mentioned actually back in episode seven when they got Ruby. That episode yeah. was called Battle Scars. Ruby the lizard. So cute. I cannot. <laughs> also makes her first kind of full appearance in this episode he roland is the son of a crime boss and is trying to make a play for himself in this episode like he sees something shiny he, he thinks it would make a little bit of money so he steps in deveronians yep. have appeared as far back as the cantina scene in most Eisley in a new hope and then of course we've spoken about it already rebels fans will note that visago the smuggler that helps the ghost crew throughout that series is also deveronian with green skin and a broken horn <laughs> his <laughs> yeah. ship is named the broken horn like <laughs> they're kind of making it's just, a connection it's, here. it's it's the one from the cantina though that just is the creepiest oh yeah so creepy like i can't imagine seeing visago in live action and not no. just being absolutely creeped, creeped out. out well yeah because clancy brown's character on the mandalorian was devronian he was freaking scary yeah, yeah. Like, he was he was a creeper <laughs> man so we have creepers. <laughs> yeah, we have these guys who you definitely don't want to meet in a dark alley. Like, 
I'd take a Deveronian before a Gundark any day. Yes. So uh, would you may remember Obi-Wan mentions a nest of Gundarks and falling into one in Attack of the Clones. Um, so they are a, carniv- or a carnivorous desert animal. They're native to Vancor. Uh, they have 16 claws. That is way too many. And they're incredibly strong. So yeah, you, you don't want to meet up with them. Um, so we've, we've heard mentions and, and seen small appearances of them throughout the Clone Wars and Rebels. So mm-hmm. nice little callback for uh, longtime watchers. Mm-hmm. And I think it's actually, I think it's as far back as either Empire Strikes Back or, um, or A New Hope at some point, like Han Solo makes their first mention telling Luke he looks like strong enough to pull the arms off a of Gundark or something <laughs> like that. Gotcha, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't pinpoint exactly when it was though. <laughs> yeah, All right. <laughs> yeah. Next up we have the Pikes, the crime signature, the crime signature originally from the planet Obadiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, they make their probably largest and most well-known appearances as the masters of the slaves and the mines on Kessel mm-hmm. uh, throughout Solo and the Clone Wars, a uh, big, big arc right there in the last season of Clone Wars with mm-hmm. the Martez sisters. Yep. Uh, they also held on back on Obadiah, their home planet, they held Jedi Master Sifo-Dyas, the one who ordered the clone army prisoner for... About 10, 10, 12 years-ish. Mm-hmm. Quite a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, Jedi Master Sifo-Dyas, obviously fiction's most consequential typo. <laughs> As that was originally going to be Sidious and someone just messed it up. So they were like, yeah, let's make it a character. <laughs> it's better that way. Yes. Sidious can't do everything. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Uh, later on, their home planet of Obadiah would actually also be visited by Karnuk Sun, Sin, uh, as he was on his quest to discover more about the Jedi and the Force itself and his own kind of strange connection to it. Very good at psychometry he is. Uh, that's all during mm-hmm. the events of the novel Force Collector. And then next we have our bar patrons. <laughs> I love it. The bartender is shown to be a Pantoran. No, that's not Thrawn. And there is a Bith customer. This is a species most notable from the Cantina Band in A New Hope, a.k.a. Figrin Dinan and the modal notes. We love you, even though Figrin is kind of a douche. <laughs> as yeah, we but, he, find but, out. He play, but he plays so well that you just you get up on stage with him and it, yeah. all is forgiven. That's true. He you is sold us a job of the hut, musician. but we can play. The wild, wild <laughs> shit. And they're like, I guess we're just going to stay on Tatooine forever, even though we really don't like Desert Planet. <laughs> oh. oh, poor people. Hmm. And, oh, and then we have Mantel Mix. <laughs> uh, so that is Omega and Wrecker's post-mission treat. <laughs> and they use it to lure Ruby out as a distraction. The uh, The two bar patrons do. Yep. So it's a nice callback, and it really made me want something like that during the episode. Yes. Yeah, I'm not Every a big fan of it. I'm not a big fan of kettle corn, but I would definitely take some of that, like the mixed popcorn bag. Mm-hmm. Oh, some caramel corn would be nice. Yes, mm. Chicago just, mix, gimme. No, yes. Chicago yes. mix. That's what I'm thinking yes. of, and I just I don't I, I don't really like the sweet on my popcorn, but I want salty and butter. Come on. I mean, that's also fair. Yeah, that's also good. <laughs> We are going to hop into our last section, our predictions and questions for the next episode. With this episode, I really have no idea now, like where they're planning to go. I kind of had a thought in my head about an arc that could be four episodes long, but now I'm like, I don't know, which is kind of fun, like as a viewer, because we're pretty good at picking out tropes and arcs and storylines that could happen. 
I still expect to see Crosshair to be the main villain for these last couple episodes. I hope he gets three instead of two. I really hope that they don't do another kind of offshoot episode next week. I want it to be like a more conclusive arc. And I really want to see how poor Hauser is doing. <laughs> yeah. But if we get a season two, I think he might be moved to season two. Could be. Yeah, I think definitely we're going to get back with Crosshair. It's got to be next week. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to have to chase them. He's going to have to catch them. And then they're going to have to fight him. Like, that's a solid three kind of episode arc right there. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's, if not next week, the week after, we got to go back to Camino. We got to yeah. kind of figure out what their end game was with all of this what it may not fully get resolved maybe the convenience don't get destroyed this season like we thought they would probably would but we got to move in that direction i agree um also we don't know how much time has passed like i said we said at the top mm-hmm. the bad batch was on another mission they were not coming back from ryloth no. at the start of this episode so time has passed um, so Crosshairs had plenty of time to kind of start to track down the Bad Batch, which would make it very easy for him to show up right away next week. Mm-hmm. And I think we are going to get something else out of Omega's interest in seeing the best in people. Earlier this season, we saw that kind of backfire with Fennec Shand, although we yeah. still don't know Fennec's actual motivations and what was going on there. But I do see this as kind of getting her in trouble again, maybe back with the Kaminoans and trying to redeem them or not even redeeming, just like believing that they have her best interests at heart somehow. And then that backfires. Or, I mean, could it be a powerful enough tool at the end that she tries to talk Crosshair out of something as he is one of her brothers? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe just enough to he- maybe just enough to hesitate. Probably not enough to actually like crack his programming, but just no. enough to hesitate so that they can get away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could, it could be. I don't know. I, I'm I'm hoping that this was as we discussed earlier, just like kind of a palate cleanser before we get some heavy hitting episodes next week. Um, mm-hmm. Like you guys said, I really hope we're we're getting like a three episode arc because we still have a lot left on the plate. We've got. Camino, we've got Rampart's plans, which I'm about to get into, and we've got Crosshair. So there's still a lot like that we need to, if not tie up all the loose threads, at least have it set up for next season if we're getting one, which fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's my little little tinfoil hat moment for a second. Uh, next week's episode is supposed to be called War Mantle. And if I remember correctly, uh, War Mantle is the name of the project mm-hmm. uh, that replace the clones mm-hmm. Tarkin's, uh, Tarkin's thing yeah so project war mantle is i think is what uh is the process that uh, got like regular troops into into the imperial army so Ooh. i'm i'm thinking we might we might see some camino stuff next week fingers crossed yes um, that's that's my hope um and yeah we crosshair needs to be featured in all three episodes that's that's my hope there as well mm-hmm. yeah I really want a second season. I don't think yeah. they have enough time in three episodes unless the last one is longer. I don't know if they have enough time to wrap up all of those storylines. I think they could. They Because all of those do ultimately intersect. That's true. I mean, it could just be like leapfrogging into the next plot. And I mean, the, yeah. like Rampart's plans with War Mantle, much. like all you really have to do is, is set that up. Mm-hmm. 
like you don't necessarily because we know where that goes ultimately yeah i think there's just too much possibility of story uh that like it would just feel kind of flat if they just ended in three episodes yeah colleen like you just said i i think we do need to see some sort of fight back from the Kaminoans or Kaminoans. And if like, I, I don't know how much we could see in the next three episodes. Um, I, I hope we get a season two because we could expand on the Kaminoan plot if it's not resolved. Um, they mentioned that you don't want to get on the wrong side of the pikes and the way that the Bad Batch were acting this episode, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the pikes come back into play. And that is something that they have to take into uh, account. I mean, that We got to somehow just address what happens to Omega. Yeah. Yeah. What about Boba? <laughs> like, are, are, yeah. are we still thinking we could see Boba like this? It could happen. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see the Bad Batch have to take on um, more threats outside of the Empire. Like, as the more that they go on, like, they're going to start having targets on their back from other forces. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they start crossing the wrong people. And I think that could be a fun place to explore if we get to a season two. And they're different looking enough that they could probably pass for non-clones. Right. So they're not like as recognizable. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Basically we're here for all of it. <laughs> yeah, so Dave Filoni, give us more. Give it to us, Dave. <laughs> all right. So that's it for Bad Batch today. We, we miss y'all. We'll be back. Don't worry. Please follow us wherever you get your podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews. Check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can catch all of our episodes, of course. Enjoy my book corner where I'm reviewing Star Wars literature and contact us through email and social media. And as always, keep telling other nerdy knights to join us. It really does help. I think we're in 42 countries now, which is really sweet. Yes. Like, amazing. Well done, us. Mm-mm-mm. You can also head to ForgottenEntertainment.com to check out all of the offerings from the Forgotten Entertainment family, including yet another Star Wars podcast, where we just wrapped up our rewatch of the films in the Star Wars canon. Guys, come on. We're approaching some download milestones with that one. Just help, us pu- help push us over the edge. <laughs> just a, a few more views. Everything's great. Until next time, y'all, light bombs up and keep those episodes streaming. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.